0: How do multifamily owners retain renters and increase net operating income? Well, we're on a journey to find out. You're listening to Amenitize or Die, tactics and strategies from the front line of multifamily. I'm your host, Scott Patterson, Marine Corps veteran and the founder of Tumble Smart Laundry on the mission to increase your NOI through those shared laundry rooms. Today, we've got Ed Wolf, the chief revenue officer of LeaseLock, which provides a pretty cool product that eliminates security deposits. But we'll get into that more. Uh, welcome to the show, Ed.
1: Thanks, Scott. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like I was talking a little bit before the show with you, it's, um, you know, this is kind of a dangerous podcast to have you and me on for uh, a short period of time because this this could get wild. But, um, you know, let's just talk. Let's start from the beginning. For those who don't know you, you know, you came from a tech, you know, tech background during the dot-com area. You know, you made the move into property management side, you know, running their IT orgs went in the C-Suite, Pinnacle, Cortland, President RealPage, COO at Miller Lowry, you know, like what, what haven't you done? Now you're at LeaseLock. So, uh, tell everyone, tell everyone who you are and, uh, and maybe a little bit about LeaseLock.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, I spent the last 25 years in real estate, uh, property management and tech and I joined LeaseLock about four years ago to be responsible for the go-to-market strategy which includes sales, customer success, and marketing. Uh, and ultimately, um, the reason what drew me to LeaseLock were really our two co-founders, um, Ryken Kuhl, um, who won the amazing race, and Derek Merrill, who did a number of startups in LA. And what I saw was a very unique product that when I was running operations at Pinnacle Cortland uh, and Place Properties, Uh, I would have deployed this product in a heartbeat, because most people hate security deposits. They don't like the friction that it creates on the front end. And then even worse, they don't like the friction it creates on move out, right, because everybody is hoping they get their security deposit back, but rarely do they. And then you have property accounting that is doing reconciliations and audits and, issuing checks that never get to the resident because they haven't updated the move. And so it just, the friction on the front end and on the back end is just problematic all the way around. Um, and also LeaseLock was a cool company, HIP in Silicon Beach, and, you know, was really started by Riken because he was an actor, won yeah. the Amazing Race, and tried to get an apartment in New York, and they're like, hey, bro, you can't qualify you need to make 80 times your income and he's like what i got the money in the bank and so Riken started you know self-funding some of these folks uh and the next thing you know Lee lock got born 10 years ago and you know we're backed by a couple of uh military, you know, uh, Hivers and Strivers, Um, <clears throat> and because he graduated from the Air Force Academy, uh, you know, Riken's just cool in so many different ways, but it's a good job. It's a good uh, job. also an amazing guy. So, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. So I, I obviously know Riken. uh, Hivers and Strivers is a big investor in, in tumble and, yep. uh, and how I met Raikens. Um, but you know, I, I feel like everyone out there has, has the, the fir- that, f- that story that sticks with them about the first time they didn't get their security deposit back. Yep. Um, for me, it was like literally the first time I was a renter and I remember spending a lot of time kind of rehabbing the house that we had rented and got nothing back and was just like, whoa, like this can't be legal. And you know, sure enough, it just, you know, it, we didn't rent from that. Apartment, you know, that property management company again, but it was just like a, a, a hit to the gut and then it kind of turns you into this person where you're like wanting to do document everything and do all this crazy stuff, you know? And one of the things that I, I think is really cool about lease lock is it's no longer about a security deposit, right? Like this is what, like why does a security deposit exist? It's really to secure risk from the renter, right? And now you guys are doing some fantastic stuff with AI and sort of large data to, to really hone in on, on it's, it's an insurance product, right?
1: Yeah. It's an insurance product, It's a good, um, good segue insurance product, but we're really a data and analytics company. Um, we're less an insurance company, even though we're the only lease insurance product on the market that replaces deposits altogether. At the end of the day, we have access to two million records of ledger data that really prescribes the right coverage per asset. So, you know, you don't want to overinsure, you don't want to underinsure, and at the same time, you want to leverage the data to maximize the true value of the asset. Right. Which is why we've the, the business is accelerating significantly because people are like, Hey, if you can generate $200 of NOI per unit, I'm all in, let's go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's like, and it's the whole hassle, right? And it's like, I live in San Francisco, you know, um, here, like you have to have interest on anything that you collect and there's like all these rules and protections. And at the end of the day, the original reason that a security deposit even existed, just doesn't make it makes sense. It's like, yep. what do you do? Exactly. Well, I mean, so obviously I love lease lock. This is a show about amenities to me. Um, to me, not paying a, a deposit and paying, you know, maybe a little more in rent or whatever. And it's not even, it's not even a little bit more. It's actually like less of a deposit to the renter usually. Right?
1: Correct. It's, it's the, the amount is de minimis right. in the grand scheme of things. But Scott, like to your point, right? What we are seeing now more than ever, right? Based on where the market, the macroeconomic factors are truly impacting housing affordability, Right. right? At the highest levels. So, what we are seeing, and the reason why we've grown 400% is because the property management company sees lease lock as an amenity. Right. Like, here's now an amenity that can be provided to the renter at a nominal cost to be paid with their rent native in the workflow right and oh by the way i can move in without paying an upfront security deposit it's just too good to be true Ed. right
0: absolutely i mean like that and usually those security deposits are huge you know it's like one, one month's rent. rent or you know two months rent even exactly. uh, depending on where you are like who i mean i once again, live in San Francisco. You know, pay quite a bit of money in rent. Yep. Like, who's just got a few grand sitting around for for funsies these days? You know, I mean, hopefully, yeah, no. hopefully you do, but um, but
1: you know, but that that's that's money that's for a rainy day, right? Right. Not for living. So that's and then then we see also the single family market, right, which has exploded. So progress residential is deploying lease lock across their 80,000 units and their average deposits two months rent. Yeah, these are big numbers in single family, let alone multifamily in the coastal cities like you're in. So we believe this becomes the dial tone of the phone over time because the manifestation of the macroeconomic factors is real. And oh, by the way, interest rates aren't going down, right? And so all of these factors are fueling apartment rent and growth. And this is right in our sweet spot.
0: Great. I I mean, so that's probably a great segue. It's like you've been around multifamily and properties for a while. Yep. You've worked, you've worked at some of the companies you've been up the, you've been the top dog, you know, yeah. um, what, what are like the adoption curve for digital in real estate has been lagging. Right. Yep. But you've seen it come through and now you're even, you know, a huge proponent of this, the digital products that really influence operations and how that blend comes critical to multifamily. Like what are those trends? That you've seen over the years, and that you think are going to continue.
1: Yeah, it's a gr- it's a great question, and and here's how I would say to you: I see this continuing to play itself. The technology um, is continuing continuing to evolve, right? The COVID has forced, in a lot of ways, to revisit the tech stack, and so you know self you know tours are here to stay um you know the like on anything online with regards to work orders with regards to service requests with regards to right that's here to stay the the fact of the matter is uh it's forced property management companies to really look at their tech stack look at best of breed solutions but also um, with the ultimate goal of not only driving NOI, which is a key metric, but it's also to reduce expenses. Um, and so I see these new and driving technologies um, that continue to pop up everywhere um, are really changing the landscape uh, of multifamily in a pretty significant and meaningful way. And I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and the other thing is, well, I feel, feel like a lot of people don't know this because especially when they're just paying rent, you know, the management company, the it's uh, it's kind of small, small potatoes. You know what I mean? Like they get their little, their management cut and they're taking on all of the overhead of, of running the property. Right. Right. So it becomes any sort of operational efficiency. Right is huge i mean it 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 becomes this like massive thing any anywhere you can pinch pennies or or save and or or even better make money um you know that's that's massive so where where do you think we have room to grow as a an industry
1: um yeah it's a a great question i see uh from an industry perspective single family really taking off in a very, very significant way that sectors in vogue. Uh, the, the majority of multifamily companies we're partnering with are standing up single family divisions to be opportunistic and rightfully so. Um, so I see that as as one significant uh, trend that I think will continue. Um, number two, the the streamlining and driving for tech efficiency, um, whether it's revisiting your CRM, whether it's revisiting uh, your lead to lease, um, and all of the technologies that impact that. Um, Third would be anything around risk mitigation exposure that ultimately helps improve the ancillary income component that is ripe for the picking. Um, because look, at the end of the day, Scott, uh, the underwriting is, is going to be tough to pencil with these crazy valuations. Yeah. So in order to make the numbers work, you either got to get really creative, you got to leverage technology to bring about measurable efficiency and, or you have to look for ancillary income opportunities, um, to help offset expense.
0: Yeah. I mean... That's what we do. I think you're, you're hitting it right on the head, right? Like the other thing, the other thing that I I think is a trend right now is, um, and I I think, I think real estate's getting better at this is, Mm -hmm. um, innovating, right. And instead of having the future happen to them, we're kind of in this transition where, you know, as an industry, we are building the future and looking for those next opportunities because, you know, the, even the margins on, on rent are starting to, to shrink, right. And come under a lot more scrutiny. Um, so it's like, well, if all we're doing is monetizing square footage, well, how do we better monetize square footage? Um, yep. so, you know, it's like, I, to me, I think there's so much room to do very cool things. Right. And talk a lot about it, about it at tumble, you know, using automation, you know, better utilizing sort of unused space or um transient transiently used space mm-hmm. um and I, I i truly think that using technology like that's the future right like right. how cool is that how cool is it to work in that industry where we get to create it
1: yep 100
0: so we focus on pretty major metropolitan cities i mean yep. texas is a little bit different um of a market but traditionally we're talking about new york city Uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, you know, major coastal cities, Yep. Chicago, if you want to call it on the coast. Um, but what I see is people looking for value, right? And, you know, we had this tremendous amount of rent growth, you know, we kind of like went down for a minute and during COVID and then we came right back, like literally right back, San Francisco is right back where it was pre pandemic. Um, and it's still, I mean, we haven't overtaken New York again, but we're still second in the like world. Um, so what I think is going to be very important, especially going into any sort of economic downturn or tightening of anyone's belt is you really have to deliver value, you know? Um, and it has to be value that is tangible to people, right? So value that people really care about. and that used to be you know i don't know pools and gyms and i don't know movie theaters and weird like hangout spaces that you could rent but not really hang out in right like that used to be kind of the allure but nowadays i think what people are looking for is like how how is this going to help me make money or how is this going to help me better live how is this going to make me more efficient because you know, people's time is the most valuable resource they have. And, you know, and and that's the way that we look at, at laundry in these shared laundry rooms is like, okay, first of all, these laundry rooms suck just in general, like doing laundry is terrible, but like doing laundry in these laundry rooms is like even worse. So if we're able to change that experience and even better allow a way for both the property, and the resident to make money on the side. yep. I mean, that. there you go. Like that, I mean, go. that's, that's a win. So, totally. um, I think that's going to be the trend and, and going forward on from like a renter perspective is like, which property is going to deliver most value?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. See what I'm, what I'm seeing, right? Cause we represent the top 100 MSAs and you know, double digit rent growth is going to be really tough to continue. What I'm hearing is five to 7% next year, which is still healthy. Right. But it's not anywhere close to the double digit. You know, the, for a friend of mine that lives in orange County got a 25% rent increase. He's like, I'm out.
0: I mean, where's the top though? You know what I mean? Like, right. We, we talk about inflation, uh, a lot we're talking about, you know, interest rates, attacking inflation. We're talking about ways to sort of do all sorts of monetary policy changes to tighten belts, but you know, fiscal tightening. Um, but where does it like if an, if the industry is totally reliant on rents increasing or being able to flip properties, Yep, that seems kind of detrimental. Right? Like that is just going to put you under more and more scrutiny as that goes. Right. Cause who's the one paying the rents? Well, it's normal people. Um, and so if they're, if, if rent, like if income growth is being outpaced by rental growth, especially as a percentage of that income, I mean, that's not good for our own industry. And so it's like, it's like, you got to look at this very differently. Yeah. If, if besides like, Oh, you know, we're going to expect, you know, 20% rent increase or rent growth, or, you know, a lot of what I hear is like, Oh, well, we're going to install in-unit washers and dryers and we're going to see, you know, $500 a month increase in rent. I'm like, no, you're not. Right.
1: <laughs> like, exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> what, what, exactly.
0: what calculator are you using?
1: Exactly.
0: Um, yeah, now, I mean, i I've, I've, I've heard a lot of things now. I mean, geez, I've. I've only been doing this for almost four years now. So, I've met a lot of really great people and who are very smart. And, you know, we, we hit a fantastic bull market. Um, but I, I think it's kind of time to come back to reality here.
1: Well, and the other thing, right to your point, uh, I agree completely. I think the pendulum has swung too far. Yeah. And I think it's coming back now, right? Because you're seeing people be more, have to be more realistic. Yeah. Um, right. Because of a lot of the macroeconomic factors that are driving market uncertainty, right? And we'll get through it. Like we always have. Um, but I think we, we have to be, you know, tread carefully and cautiously.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and like, what the, the that crazy stat right we have to build what is it 4 million units i don't remember um, oh
1: yeah uh we yeah, we're we're uh we need 4 million units by 20 30
0: 30
1: 20 what did you say what did you say 2025 or 2030
0: i thought it was 2030 or 2030. even later
1: yeah i think you're right
0: but i mean and that's just to catch up right like that's 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 like hey you know just to just to like kind of get to a, a meaningful supply of housing, we need to build this. And here we are facing labor shortages, you know, supply chain issues. Uh, if you live in San Francisco, you know all about, um, you know, licensing and permits. Um, we're, we're facing all of these issues that are just kind of getting in the way of that. And on top of it, we're facing this huge need to decarbonize all of these properties, commercial and, and, uh, residential. And it's like, we're currently not setting ourselves up for success if that's the actual goal. Yep. And, you know, I, I always like to think about the future and, you know, what does real estate look like? Does it continue to, do we continue to build things in the same way? Well, no, I mean, even look at the last 30 years, we haven't built things in the same way. We don't, there's new materials, there's new methods, you know, there's, there's new, there's different consumer needs. So how do we stay ahead of it as an industry? And I think technology is probably one of the most pervasive changes kind of out there, right? Like last, what, 20 years, my lifetime, I'm, well, I'm not 20 anymore. Um, my lifetime has seen dramatic changes. I was, we were joking about 56 K, uh, modem dial up this morning. (laughs) Um, and you know, like what is the next thing? And to me, a lot of that, I think real estate is in this perfect position to kind of build, be part of that next phase to like literally be the foundation again. Um, and not just like renting office space or, you know warehouses. Like, I mean, like creating micro factories in urban areas, you know, um, having a multifamily property with a, uh, hanging farm, a vertical farm in the basement, mm-hmm. um, becoming, you know, micro factories where you have 3d printing and robotics, generating things that usually have to come from overseas or across the country. You know, I, I see this as one of the greatest times ever to look at ancillary revenue options for real estate to subsidize housing. Yep. Um, because we've, we've hit the top. Like, I don't think you can keep raising rents sustainably.
1: Right. Right. At least, at least, you know, during times of, again, economic pressure and uncertainty, you're right. Uh, there, there, there comes a, a point where you've hit the ceiling. And you've got to self-correct. Look what's happening in the housing market. Right. Right? Some of the hottest markets, Phoenix, Vegas, right? They're correcting in the 10 to 20% range. Right. Um, so it has to.
0: Yeah. I think luckily we've, we learned our lesson from 2008 about over I mean, I hope we did. <laughs> um, so I don't think we'll see quite like a, as much of a distressed asset market. Um, as we did back then where, I mean, if you had cash back in 2008, 2009, I, you did pretty well. Um, but I do think that there's the the rent increase and sort of the, and the other thing is like, we're getting regulated into this. Um, I mean, there's been four or five new rent control measures popping up around uh, California. Yep. Um, and they're popping up all over the country now. Yep. So, you know, that, that's why I'm kind of look at this as like, well, do we have to just, is this the only way? Right. <laughs> and you know, how do we better utilize this square footage? How we, how do we match the laundry room revenue square foot or the laundry room per square foot revenue to be the same as the floor above it? Yep. How do we match the storage unit revenue to be at the same as the floor above it? How do we match, you know, all these things, because um, I don't think we've been effectively using it.
1: Well, and also th- the other thing that I will I will say to you, right, that um, it's to me, it's fascinating to see, Scott, how uh, things continue to evolve and change. Like, you know, I didn't want to be in the package business. Right. right? And, you know, w- there was the one element of creating standalone lockers then there were package rooms, yeah. then right. Um, and look at how that has continued to evolve, right? I mean, <clears throat> no longer. I mean, everyone now is either having their groceries delivered or, you know, Amazon is, you know, the click of a button. So it's sort of like, either you pivot, or you or you'll be left on, t- t- on, the, on the sidelines, right. if you're not able to keep up and get creative and so i just i also find it fascinating to see how even the amenities that were once in vogue are no longer and then ones that you would think like you talked about the 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 hanging farm plants in the garage or the you know the retrofit um bike station bike wash right. uh like
0: I do have a dog wash, um, okay. station in my apartment that I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so like, you know, and by the way, right. The, the those, people that are dog lovers. Yeah. Right. There's a list that are must haves, right. Dog bath stations and people that, are, I mean, literally the, 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 the bikes, especially in these cities where you don't need to own a car. I mean, I do have
0: to be. I do have to be totally honest. My apartment also has bikes, and I've never used one.
1: (laughs) But wait a minute! How are you getting around, Scott?
0: Because I walk. I walk everywhere. Or Uber. I do Uber a lot. That's true. (laughs) That's fair.
1: But you got to get out on the bike and go up to the redwoods.
0: Well, that is a now you're talking a really long bike ride. (laughs)
1: You could
0: do it. I would probably. I'd probably just like rent a car to go do that. (laughs) Not saying I'm lazy or anything, but uh, redwoods are not as near to San Francisco as people think. I mean, they're obviously closer than other places, but right. Um, I grew up in Mendocino, so I grew up in the redwoods.
1: Oh, um, okay, so okay. Yeah, but no,
0: I I mean, I get what you're saying, right? And 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 honestly, like San Francisco has a way of life, right, where we live in sort of small square footage, and we go out and we go do things, and we go to Tahoe, we go to Mendocino, we go to. San Luis Obispo. Um, we will ride the ferry up to, you know, uh, Vallejo and go to Napa. So, um, there's obviously there's, there's pros and cons. I mean, New York real estate is some of the hottest real estate still to this day. And there's what? 8 million people in Manhattan. So, um, there, there are like hard and fast rules to this, but, um, we're talking about what, 10, 15% of the real estate market is that way. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it is like, well, what are we doing? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm still bullish. Like, I know we kind of sound like Dr. Doom here right now. Like, <laughs> oh, the sky is falling. The financial markets are falling apart. What are we going to do? Um, but no, I, I think that, I think there's so much innovation. There's so much opportunity right now. And just, just being able to help our partners, you know, which are massive real estate firms um, through this transition, I think is super cool. Um, and yeah, I like what, what better place to be? I mean, I, I, literally, I, I, I know I'm the laundry guy, but um, I have a great time doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, to your point, the apartment business, there's no better business, which is why I got out of tech right and and fell into student military housing single soldier on base off base back in 2003 and i've never looked back yeah
0: yep and here we are working at prop tech companies
1: yeah. <laughs> changing the way the world finds home
0: yeah absolutely and the way we live so all right ed well thank you so much for coming on um, I really appreciate it. Um, always, always fun to talk to you. Uh, shout out, shout out Reichen and Drew and, and, and my boy Ian, <laughs> sure. um, who I'll see at Optech. Yep. Are you going to Optech? You bet. Oh, absolutely. Well, great. Well, then I'll be at your happy hour.
1: I- I'm going to send you an invite right now for a happy <laughs> hour at the, at the suite in, in at the WIMP.
0: Oh, definitely send me that. I'm, I'm going to come to that. All right, great. Um, well, thanks for listening to the show. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on LinkedIn or Twitter at our or die. And thanks for listening.